book nine chapter five of a class book of old testament history this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio a class book of old testament history by george frederick mcclear book nine chapter five close of david's reign second samuel twenty one through twenty four first kings one and two b c ten twenty two to ten fifteen shortly after david's restoration his kingdom was visited for three years with a grievous famine enquiry was made of the divine oracle and it was discovered to be a punishment for an act of faithlessness on the part of saul who had broken the solemn covenant made by joshua with the gibeonites joshua nine three through twenty seven in a fit of sudden zeal for the children of israel and judah he had killed some of them and devised a general massacre of the rest second samuel twenty one two through five the gibeonites were now asked what atonement they were willing to receive for the wrongs they had suffered in reply they demanded neither silver nor gold blood had been spilt and blood they would have and nothing would satisfy them but permission to take seven of saul's sons and hang or rather crucify them at gibeah accordingly the two sons of rizpah the daughter of ea and the five sons of michael whom they had borne to saul were delivered up and the gibeonites crucified them on the hill of gibeah this was done in april at the beginning of the barley harvest second samuel twenty two nine and there the bodies remained till the periodical rains in october dropped upon them out of heaven second samuel twenty two ten all this while spreading on the rock a coarse sackcloth robe rizpah watched over the blackening corpses and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the fields by night the tale of her devoted love at length was conveyed to David, who had the remains removed, and at the same time directed that the bones of Saul also and of Jonathan should be taken from Jabesh-Gilead and buried in the ancestral sepulchre of Kish, after which God was entreated for the land. Second Samuel 21.14 Meanwhile, in consequence, probably of the intestine feuds of the Israelites, the philistines had recovered sufficient strength to venture on once more attacking them david himself went with the host to battle and in mortal combat with another descendant of the giant race was near falling a victim to his rashness when he was succored by the valiant apishai and the people fearful lest the light of israel should be quenched second samuel twenty one seventeen prevailed upon him to desist from accompanying them to battle in future. Other attempts were afterwards made by the Philistines, but the valor of David's captains served to keep them in check. Second Samuel 21, 18-22 The Hebrew kingdom had now attained its farthest limits, even those which God had revealed many centuries before in vision to Abraham. Genesis fifteen eighteen not only had david given a capital to his people but he had conquered all the nations on the immediate frontier of his realm 
his kingdom had become like one of the kingdoms of the world it had its court its palace its splendor its tributaries in this hour of his prosperity the monarch was tempted first chronicles twenty one one to yield to pride and self-exaltation and gave directions to joab to carry out a general census of the people from dan even to beersheba his object it has been supposed was either the levying of a poll tax or the formation of a standing army with a view to foreign conquests whatever was his precise motive it excited the repugnance of the captains of the host and even of joab himself who not only warned the king against being the cause of a trespass in israel but regarded the royal proposition as actually abominable first chronicles twenty one six when however he found that nothing would turn the king from his fixed purpose he set out and after the lapse of nine months and twenty days reported eight hundred thousand in israel as fit for military service and five hundred thousand in judah but before he had numbered benjamin or levi second samuel twenty four ten david's heart smote him and gad the seer was commissioned to offer him the choice of seven years famine or three months defeat before his enemies or a three days pestilence david chose to fall into the hands of god rather than into the hands of man therefore the plague began and during three days swept off upwards of seventy thousand but when the hand of the destroying angel was uplifted over jerusalem the lord whose mercies are great second samuel twenty four fourteen repented of the evil and on the intercession of the king the angel desisted when he was by the threshing floor of ornan or arana a wealthy jebusite by the advice of gad david now bought the site of the threshing floor and a yoke of oxen erected there an altar and offered thereon burnt offerings and peace offerings fire descended in testimony of the acceptance of the sacrifice and with the cessation of the plague consecrated the rocky site of the future altar of solomon's temple on mount moriah second chronicles three one the remaining years of david's life were spent in amassing treasures and materials and making preparations for the erection of the temple first chronicles twenty two five and fourteen but even now the truth of the prophet's words was forced upon him that his foes should be those of his own household the three eldest of his sons amnon chiliab and absalom being dead the fourth adonijah resolved to put forth his pretensions to the kingdom like absalom whom he resembled in personal beauty he began by surrounding himself with chariots and horsemen and succeeded in drawing over to his side not only the high priest abiathar but even joab the commander-in-chief whose loyalty at last wavered confident in the support of such old servants of the king the pretender proclaimed a great sacrificial festival at the stone of zoheleth south of jerusalem near the fountain of enrogel and invited to it all the royal princes except solomon and not a few of the captains of the royal army first kings five through nine while they assembled at Zoheleth, Nathan the prophet persuaded Bathsheba to seek an interview with the king and inform him of what was going on. Bathsheba did so and had hardly concluded her tale when Nathan himself entered, 
confirmed her account and demanded to know whether Adonijah's actions had the royal approval. Though old and feeble, David had sufficient energy to rise to the present emergency, and solemnly assured Bathsheba of his unalterable determination that Solomon should succeed to the throne. Then, summoning Zadok and Benaiah, he bade them, together with Nathan, convey Solomon in state down to Gihon, and there formally anoint and proclaim him king. Accordingly, these officers, accompanied by the royal guards, escorted Solomon thither, mounted on the royal mule, First Kings 38, and there Zadok anointed him with oil from the sacred horn of the tabernacle, amidst the sound of trumpets and loud shouts of God save the king. Thence the new monarch was escorted in triumph back through the city, and sat on the royal throne amidst general applause in the sight of his aged father, who blessed God that during his own lifetime he had been permitted to behold his successor, First Kings 45-48. through 48. Intelligence of these transactions was conveyed to the conspirators, in the midst of their festivities at Enrogel, by Jonathan the son of Abiathar. They had already heard the noise of the people shouting as Solomon passed in procession through the city, and no sooner learnt the cause than, seized with alarm, they instantly dispersed, and every man went his way. First Kings 49. Dreading the vengeance of the new king, Adonijah now fled to the tabernacle, put himself in the sanctuary by grasping the horns of the altar, and refused to quit the spot till Solomon had promised with an oath to spare his life. The young and politic monarch, on being informed of this, abstained from binding himself by any oath, and simply assured Adonijah of safety, so long as he showed himself a worthy man, but threatened him with death if wickedness should be found in him. First Kings 49 through 52. On these conditions he quitted his place of refuge, and having made obeisance to the new king, returned to the privacy of his own house. 1 Kings 53. The days of David were now rapidly drawing to a close. He therefore convened a solemn assembly of all the chiefs and elders of his people, the royal princes, the captains of his army, and his public officers, and, standing up, aged as he was, gave them his last charge, and exhorted his son to constancy in the service of Jehovah. He then solemnly delegated him to the accomplishment of the desire of his life, the erection of the temple, and committed to him, in trust, the abundant materials he had amassed for this purpose, as well as a pattern of the building, and of everything belonging to it this address confirmed as it was by the sight of the gold and silver the brass and iron and precious stones which the royal prudence had collected had a great effect upon the people and they also joyfully contributed to the execution of their sovereign's design then in language of unequal pathos and beauty the aged monarch solemnly thanked god for all his goodness and prayed that he would bestow upon his son a perfect heart enabling him to keep his testimonies and statutes, and build the temple for which he had made provision. Amidst sacrifices of unusual abundance and great feastings and rejoicings, Solomon was then for the second time anointed king, 
and received the formal submission of all the royal princes and the chiefs of the nation in another and more secret interview david gave his son his last counsels not only concerning his own deportment as ruler but also respecting joab and shimei who were committed to his vigilance and barzillai the gileadite who was entrusted to his regard then after a reign of seven and a half years at hebron and of thirty-three years at jerusalem in a good old age full of years riches and honor the son of jesse the shepherd the warrior the king the psalmist was gathered to his fathers and buried in the city which had been once the fortress of the heathen jebusites but was now the capital of an empire that realized the loftiest ideal of prophecy stretching from the river of egypt to the euphrates and from the range of lebanon to the gulf of akaba end of book nine chapter five recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio